0: What would you do if you no longer felt sick and tired what if you woke up every day feeling amazing in your body and in your life how would your life be different you and your body are capable of incredible things you have the power to heal you just need the right tools and support if you're ready to heal your body and feel amazing tune into the heal your body show with host dr jamie Gillum.
1: Welcome to the Heal Your Body Show on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm Dr. Jamie Gillum, and today we are talking about obesity fact versus fiction. And this is something that I think is not talked about enough. I think we hear a lot about obesity in our society today, but there's a lot of misconceptions and a lot of ways that obesity is approached uh, that's just not ideal and a lot of misunderstanding by fitness trainers, dietitians, even medical providers and society as a whole when we are discussing obesity. So right now 70, 72% of the American population is overweight and 42% is considered Obese. Now, with that said, those statistics are using BMI and that is body mass index. And this is a calculation using measurements uh, of a person. And BMI, in my opinion, should be thrown out the window. We should not be using BMI when determining if somebody is obese overweight if they are healthy. BMI came about in the late 1800s. It was uh, developed by a Belgium astronomer, and it was calculated based on studying a bunch of European young men. So there are many problems with BMI. Number one, it doesn't understand differences between genders, races, ethnic backgrounds, cultures, and it does not calculate or factor in uh, the difference between muscle mass and body fat. So there are a lot of problems with using BMI and many people who are perfectly fit and healthy are considered overweight or obese based on BMI calculations. So that's something to really understand. There are many of us in healthcare who do not use BMI uh, when determining if somebody is healthy or overweight or obese. There are other ways to determine those things and Your size does not determine your health. It does not determine if you are fit or not. There are many healthy people, fit people who are in larger bodies. And I think there's a huge misunderstanding when it comes to what is considered a healthy body weight. What does healthy look like? What does fit look like? And many people that are considered healthy and fit based on their appearance they're not necessarily healthy either. I know me personally, I struggled with an eating disorder, body dysmorphia, over-exercising for the majority of my life from middle school through my 30s. And I had a six pack, I was very lean and people thought I was healthy and I was not. I was literally dying to stay as lean as possible. So we have to consider many factors when we are looking at somebody's health and overall well-being and we have to consider many factors when we are determining if somebody is overweight or obese and what treatment do they require so here's the deal obesity is very complex and there are many different factors that play a role in obesity and many people struggle with obesity beginning in childhood. And this can be due to genetic factors. It can be due to their family environment and habits that their parents have that are then passed down to them. It can be caused by trauma. Uh, there are many things that will cause somebody in early childhood to develop a problem with obesity that then carries on through life and we all have fat cells Uh, fat cells expand and shrink Uh, as we gain weight they expand and as we lose weight or lose fat uh, they shrink and when somebody has been obese most of their life, what many people don't understand, it's very difficult once they lose weight to actually keep it off. So if you take somebody like me, who I have not struggled with obesity, I have struggled with being overweight post-pregnancy. And after my first pregnancy, that's uh, how I got into the fitness industry. I gained 80 pounds with my first pregnancy. And that was with my daughter, Katie. She's now 24. And I had a really hard time losing that post-pregnancy weight. And I was able to accomplish that by hiring a trainer, going to group exercise classes and managing my nutrition and my exercise. And for some people, it's just not that simple. Now, when you are struggling with obesity and you lose weight, what tends to happen is you start slowly gaining weight back over time. And this is also true for many people that have uh, gastric surgeries. If they get a sleeve or gastric bypass over time, they'll notice that they start slowly putting weight back on for somebody like me who had gained weight due to pregnancy, or maybe from overeating uh, lack of exercise and they're able to get their exercise and nutrition under control. They do a much better job at keeping weight off long-term, but study after study study shows people that have struggled with obesity for most of their life struggle. It is an ongoing struggle and it is much harder for them to keep weight off once they lose it. And there is some study around this that indicates that the body simply is more comfortable reverting back to what it is comfortable with, right? So if your body is comfortable with being overweight and that's you know where your body has been most of your life uh it's very easy for you to simply revert back to being overweight and some of that is subconscious some of it has to do with habits uh some of it has to do with just the lack of things that are incorporated into lifestyle when you cannot consistently sustain those habits over time, you'll revert back to old habits, old ways, and then you'll put the weight back on. Now, here's the thing. There are many conditions that lead to obesity. And like I mentioned, there are genetic factors. There are many syndromes. There are many hormonal conditions, anything involving the endocrine system, which is all of our hormones, because our hormones are chemical messengers and they basically tell our body what to do, when to do it, how fast to do it those conditions can really impact somebody's weight. So there are things that can impact your muscle and fat distribution, your fat storage and your ability to build and maintain lean muscle mass and hormones also impact your hunger. So how satiated you are when you eat and your hunger cues. And also there's, other conditions that can play a role that are not endocrine based so autoimmune disease if you're struggling with chronic inflammation due to an autoimmune problem or you have an inflammatory condition like mast cell activation syndrome chronic inflammatory response syndrome we have so many different conditions that impact your body's inflammation and inflammation is a normal part of your healing process some inflammation is completely normal but chronic inflammation will cause people to struggle with their weight uh, not to mention they not only will they have inflammatory weight which is water retention but they also will struggle with energy output because they typically feel like crap and if you feel like crap, you're not going to move as much. You're not going to expend as much energy day to day. Now, there are also conditions like lipidema and lymphedema. And these conditions are not well understood, even by many people in healthcare. So lymphedema is a lymphatic problem and people with lymphedema will struggle with swelling and they typically will swell on one side of the body. Uh, They can have a leg swell up or an arm swell up and in some people they can gain 20 pounds overnight from fluid retention. And lipidema causes fat deposits that are extremely painful. These typically uh, occur in women. Uh, men can have lipidema as well, but it's more common in women. And this is mostly on the lower body. And the fat deposits with lipidema do not respond to calorie deficit. So somebody struggling with lipidema, they can be in an extreme calorie deficit, they'll lose weight everywhere else but not where these fat deposits are on the body. And with lymphedema and lipidema, there is no known cause. However, we believe that hormones play a vital role. Your lymphatic system, also your hormones, if you have excess estrogen, if you have low progesterone, if you have a testosterone issue, there are many things that we believe play a role in lipidema. And this is a problem because when you go to a personal trainer and you say, Hey, I'm struggling with my weight, they typically will tell you, you just need to exercise. You just need to eat less and make sure you're moving your body and you'll lose weight. However, It's just not that simple for so many people. And we have so many underlying medical conditions that affect metabolism that people just do not understand. And this is also true for hypothyroidism. Hypothyroidism is an underactive thyroid. And if you are struggling with hypothyroidism, you are struggling with a slow metabolism. And this is the one condition where It literally is slow metabolism because your thyroid's job is to regulate your metabolism. And many people with hypothyroidism are not properly medicated. So we see this often in lab work. Uh, I work with many patients who have had hypothyroidism for many years and they've been on T4-only medication, levothyroxine. The brand names are Synthroid, uh, Tirosint, Lavoxyl, Unithroid. And there are some other less commonly used brand names. Those are T4-only medications. And their full thyroid panel is not being tested. And often their free T3, which is active thyroid hormone that's regulating metabolism, will be low even if their TSH in their lab work and their free T4 look normal they're still struggling with a slow metabolism so the problem is many people with hypothyroidism are still hypothyroid and they have no idea that they're struggling with a slow metabolism because they've been told by their doctor they're being treated they're fine their lab work is normal then they go try to lose weight because a common problem with hypothyroidism due to the slow metabolism is they struggle with their weight and they go hire a personal trainer and they're working their butts off and they're on a diet that's supposed to put them in a calorie deficit, but it's not working because they simply need the proper medication and total body care to be able to get into a consistent calorie deficit with their exercise and nutrition. So it's complex. And we also have to talk about, the society that we live in and the fact that food is necessary for survival. We have to feed our bodies. We have to nourish our bodies. We have to move our bodies. And I think what's complex about obesity and why so many people do not understand it's not just about exercise and nutrition is For many people, they are simply overeating and not moving enough. And because we have to eat and because we can be sedentary, most people just assume, well, if you're struggling with your weight, you're overeating and you're not moving enough. And they don't think about all the other things that can be going on. So, yes, somebody could be overeating and not moving enough. And therefore, they're in a calorie maintenance or calorie surplus. But that's just a little bit of the picture, right? Because many people are trying to do all of the right things and they're struggling because of underlying health conditions. And maybe they also need help with trauma healing, with lifestyle changes that are very difficult to make. And so we always have to evaluate each individual person and look at their lab work, evaluate their medical history, their lifestyle, which is their nutrition, their exercise, their sleep, their stress understand what medications they're taking and any supplements they're taking and then determine what is the best approach for this individual patient what is going to work best for them to have success so we're going to go to our first commercial break my name is dr jamie Gillum on the heal your body show on the inspired choices network and we'll be right back to talk more about obesity
0: healing your body goes beyond simply taking medication to alleviate symptoms While medications have their place in healthcare and can be essential in managing certain conditions, healing involves total body care. While not all health conditions can be healed, symptoms can be managed with the right approach. Integrative medicine considers not only the physical body, but also your mind and soul. Instead of just surviving, why not feel amazing and actually thrive? Dr. Jamie Gillum empowers you with tools to do just that. Tune into the Heal Your Body Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? This is the Heal Your Body Show with Dr. Jamie Gillum. To participate in this program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to jamie at jgwellnessclinic.com. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back to the Heal Your Body Show on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm Dr. Jamie Gillum, and today we're talking about obesity fact versus fiction and this is a very important topic and i'm very passionate about it because i talk to so many women and some men who are crying on their consult calls because they are so desperate for help and they've been gaslit by so many medical providers, trainers, dietitians, anywhere they have turned They have been told to simply eat less and move more. And some people have big medical problems go undiagnosed because they go in seeking help. And it is thought to be their weight that is the problem. And I recently spoke with a woman who has POTS and also has a couple of other underlying conditions that cause really significant symptoms. But she was ignored for many years because she was told she just needed to lose weight. And I think it's astonishing because telling somebody to just lose weight, there's a lot to unpack with that. And I had my own struggle. That is how I ended up in healthcare. Many of you listening know my story. If you've followed me for a while, I had a thyroidectomy due to thyroid cancer. They took my thyroid out. That's what a thyroidectomy is. And I started steadily gaining weight, not to mention I felt like crap. I was having a lot of symptoms chronic fatigue, a constant headache. I couldn't remember things. And I was in the gym six days a week, even though I was so tired, I was still working out and I was managing my nutrition. And I noticed I was really having to fight to keep my weight down. And my weight just kept steadily going up. I gained right at 20 pounds, post thyroidectomy, And I kept going to my endocrinologist. I went to my primary care. I finally went to my surgeon and my oncologist. I'm like, somebody help me because I'm gaining weight. Something's wrong. I feel like crap. I kept being told that my labs were normal, everything was fine, and I was under-medicated for my hypothyroidism. I was on too low of a dose of T4, and I was not on T3. Now I'm on T4-T3 combo treatment, at the right dosing, and I was able to start feeling better and able to get my body back within several weeks of going on the right thyroid medication and dosing. So I know the struggle and I know how hard it can be and how frustrating it is when somebody is telling you, oh, just eat less, move more. And you're thinking, well, I'm trying all of that and it's not working. And also when it comes to overeating, many people struggle with food addiction. Many people struggle with binge eating and we are advertised to by companies every single day to eat foods that are not healthy and that are going to drive up our blood glucose and cause insulin resistance, lead to type two diabetes. We don't typically see advertisements for an apple. We don't typically see advertisements for healthy food in general. The advertisements are for box food and for fast food, restaurant food. And hey, I'm not saying that all of that is bad. Uh, My family drives through and we go to restaurants and we eat box food, uh, but we manage our nutrition and we make sure the bulk of our nutrition is coming from whole quality foods that are nutrient dense. And whenever you're eating fast food. Typically, you're going to be consuming higher refined carbohydrates, added sugars. You're going to be consuming foods that are not as nutrient dense and that are very high in calories for the amount of food that you're consuming. Unless you are being very self-aware and you know what to order. And when you go to restaurants, a sit down restaurant. If you ever look at a menu that has the calories listed, the calories per entree plus your sides and your drink can add up to well over a thousand calories. I had a patient recently, she was going out to lunch every day with her colleagues and she did her check-in and she said, I'm doing so much better. I'm eating salads and we're going out to lunch, but I'm picking the salad and I'm doing great. And when I evaluated her salads, they were all very high calorie salads. So even if you go to a restaurant and you think, oh, I'm picking a better choice, I'm eating this salad. Some of those salads are over a thousand calories. So you have to really be self aware if you're eating out if you're driving through and then all of our box foods one of the biggest problems with a lot of our box foods is they are fortified with uh, b12 with folic acid and for many people who struggle with mthfr which is a methylation problem where you don't methylate b12 and b9 properly folic acid is b9 this causes a problem it can cause toxicity And MTHFR, about 60% of the population has one or both of the gene variants that we are concerned about with MTHFR. And I don't think it was a problem back in the day before we had a lot of box foods and we had synthetic B vitamins. We didn't have all that back in the day. So now it is more of a problem for people. People are having a lot more symptoms and a lot more health conditions that are directly related to MTHFR. And I think a lot of it has to do with box foods being fortified. Um, Also gluten. Gluten is fortified with folic acid. And so if you're struggling with MTHFR, that's going to be a huge issue for you. Now, as I talk about all this I personally am not a fan of extremes when it comes to nutrition. I don't think people have to completely avoid everything that is not your whole quality nutrient-dense foods, which in my opinion are going to be your meat, seafoods, vegetables, some fruits. Uh, Some people include whole grains uh, in that category. I personally don't do a lot of whole grains based on my personal health conditions, Um, But you want to be mindful that anything highly processed, any added sugars, that you be mindful and consume those things in moderation. And I think many people are confused about what they should be eating, how much they should be eating, and how many calories are in the foods they are consuming per serving. And then also do not understand the differences between proteins, fats and carbohydrates or understand micronutrients. And then on top of this, people have a hard time controlling their portions and they're not satisfied. And honestly, the more highly processed foods you eat, the hungrier you tend to be and the more you crave those foods. So if you can get adequate protein in, you're going to be more satiated. If you get some healthy fats in, you're going to be more satiated. And that's helpful to some degree. But based on the individual, sometimes people need additional help because when we tell somebody, just don't eat as much, that can be very difficult for somebody, especially if they have been consuming a high amount of calories for a long period of time for most of their life, and they've never really understood proper nutrition. It's not an overnight 180 degree turn. So sometimes we have to start slow and make small changes over time. And then on top of this, some people simply cannot get their hunger under control and they need some help with that and we have medications available Uh, sometimes we can use supplements uh, but medications can be very beneficial for people who are struggling with obesity or even if they are not in the obese category but they're struggling with being overweight and they're frustrated and they just can't seem to lose weight many people struggle with food addiction food makes you feel good And I don't think anybody can argue that I don't know one person that doesn't think that if you eat something that you really enjoy, like for me, I love gummy candy, man, it feels good to eat that gummy candy, right? So food feels good when you eat it and tastes good when you eat it and it can be used as a coping mechanism. Just like alcohol, just like drugs, just like over-exercising, just like any other thing that you can get addicted to, you can become addicted to food because it feels good and it helps you cope. It can take away pain. And many people don't recognize this and don't recognize that if somebody's struggling with food addiction, they can't just put the fork down and The reason why it's so much more difficult with food is because we have to eat. You know, if you're struggling with alcoholism, that's hard to overcome as well, but you can stay out of the bars and you can limit your interaction with your drinking buddies. There are things that you can implement that can make it a little bit easier for you to manage. Um, That's not all that's required if you're struggling with alcoholism, but that's part of the process and trying to overcome it. But when it comes to food, you have to eat. You cannot just starve and not eat. So when somebody struggles with food addiction, the minute that they put food into their mouth, all of a sudden they want more. And more. So that's where medication can become a useful assist in helping somebody overcome food addiction. And then also binging. Many people can manage their their food intake just fine. But then they eat something like a donut or an Oreo cookie or anything that they truly enjoy that sets off a trigger In their brain and they have one and they just can't stop and they will gorge and eat even if they are not hungry, they will continue to eat and. I think this is where there's a lot of misunderstanding that it's only about willpower. You can control it. You just have to manage your nutrition. It's not that simple. And a great example is my 600 pound life. I really have a problem with shows like my 600 pound life because I think it exploits people who are struggling with obesity and, Most people, if you eat two pizzas and drink two liters of soda, you will vomit. You can't do it. I cannot physically do that. And something allows certain people to be able to consume that much food. And oftentimes these people have trauma and food has become a coping mechanism. And over time, as you eat a little more and a little more and a little more, your body can adapt to that. And then you can eat more and more food over time to where it's no big deal to eat two pizzas and drink, you know, a couple liters of soda. But I have a lot of compassion for people who are struggling, who are in that four, 600 plus pound range, because they really are misunderstood. Society as a whole really judges these people, thinks that they're lazy, and there's so much more to it. And most of those people on the show, if you've ever watched it, have significant. Childhood trauma, which has led to uh, part of the the problem with their obesity and For many people struggling with obesity, it can be a protective mechanism they don 't want to be seen they don 't want to be attractive and This is specifically true for people who have struggled with any kind of abuse they just don 't want to be seen and i 've seen people start to lose weight who have had childhood trauma or have been assaulted. And they do not feel comfortable. The minute they start losing weight, they feel very uncomfortable because they start feeling like they are being noticed. And so that's a protective mechanism. So again, there's a lot involved and we're going to go to our next commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some treatment options for people struggling with obesity and some of the newer treatments that are available. So stay tuned, we'll be right back. My name is Dr. Jamie Gillum on the Heal Your Body Show on the Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back.
0: Healing your body goes beyond simply taking medication to alleviate symptoms. While medications have their place in healthcare and can be essential in managing certain conditions, healing involves total body care. While not all health conditions can be healed, symptoms can be managed with the right approach. Integrative medicine considers not only the physical body, but also your mind and soul. Instead of just surviving, why not feel amazing and actually thrive? Dr. Jamie Gillum empowers you with tools to do just that. Tune into the Heal Your Body Show Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is the Heal Your Body Show with Dr. Jamie Gillum. To participate in this program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to jamie at jgwellnessclinic.com. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back to the Heal Your Body show. I'm Dr. Jamie Gillum. Today we're talking about obesity fact versus fiction. And Christine is commenting here in the notes. And I think it's important to share. It's tough to manage through the landmines of this reality. So there is so much to consider when somebody is struggling with obesity. And I think it's also important to note, as I talk about this, there are many people who are perfectly comfortable in a larger body with a higher body fat percentage, and they are totally healthy, totally fit and totally confident Leading successful, happy lives. And so you cannot ever just look at a person and say, oh, that person is obese and needs to lose weight. And I think that in our society, what's considered healthy, as I mentioned in the first segment, it is so skewed. And I see people all the time at the gym. I have many colleagues at the gym who are in larger bodies and they can out deadlift you in a heartbeat. They can run circles around you on the track and they're, they're perfectly happy in the strong body that they are in. And yes, it does. Obesity. Come with some comorbidities. Yes, absolutely. And there are some things to consider, but you got some roles. Listen, we all have some roles. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. You got some cellulite. That's completely normal, too. And I think that we are constantly being told, especially as women. And now I see it a lot more on social media that dad bods are being criticized as well. Uh, so that's becoming more and more popular now with social media and all the things trending. But especially as women, I think we're constantly being pressured to be thin and to stay as young as possible and to look a certain way. And that is very stressful for so many women. And we're told to fit these ideas that for many of us, it's just not attainable. And so I would encourage anybody listening, listen, be the best version of yourself that you can be and focus on being healthy providing your body with quality nutrients and focus on being strong and having stamina, endurance, flexibility, mobility, and just be the best version of you versus trying to fit some societal norm that most of us cannot even attain. And my personal experience, I worked so very hard to stay so lean with a six pack, and it was constant stress and one of the reasons why i ended up probably with autoimmune disease is because of my long history of disordered eating over exercising and there's no way that i would want to live like that anymore now i'm at a healthy body weight and i'm happy with my body fat percentage i'm happy with my life and hey if i gain 10 pounds tomorrow Totally okay, because we are living, breathing beings, and I'm not focused on staying a certain size forever. Also, I would caution you that if your goal is to weigh what you weighed in high school, uh, we're not in high school anymore. So be mindful that whatever goal you are setting, if you are trying to lose weight, that it is attainable, that it is a reasonable goal for you. I think a lot of us have a lot of misconceptions about the scale as well when we are setting our minds on weight loss, which really you want to focus on fat loss and you want to focus on your waist to hip ratio. You want to focus on your body fat percentage, your scale weight can be included in that. But it's just one piece of the puzzle and you have to focus on those non-scale victories, your energy, your mood, and all of the performance things that come along with moving your body. Now, with all of that said, let's talk a little bit about medications and treatments. So When I work with patients, which I work with a lot of people who are struggling with their weight and people who have been morbidly obese for the majority of their adult lives. And I would recommend to anyone struggling with their weight to get comprehensive labs so that you can understand what's going on in the body so that you make sure that you get proper treatment so that you can have the best outcomes with your exercise and nutrition. I have a new patient. She was working with a nutritionist and a trainer and her nutritionist after nine months said, hey, I think you may need to go seek out some health care because I think something might be wrong. You're not responding and it doesn't make sense to me. Now, a lot of trainers and nutritionists would just assume that she's not adhering to the plan. She's overeating. She's not working out intensely enough or as often as she should be. But this nutritionist was correct in sending her to seek out care. So she contacted me. I ran her labs. She has PCOS, which is very common. It's polycystic ovarian syndrome, very common in our society. And she is androgen dominant. So she has androgen dominant PCOS. Her testosterone is very high. This is creating a lot of problems with her managing her weight she also is insulin resistant. She's actually pre-diabetic and had no idea. And the problem is she's working out. She's managing her nutrition, but it's not working because she needs proper medical treatment. And I often hear with pre-diabetes, diabetes type 2, oh, you just need to eat right and exercise and it will correct itself. This is not always the case and it can be very difficult for somebody to treat insulin resistance with diet and exercise alone. If they get on proper treatment, it makes it much easier for them. And we have an epidemic of insulin resistance in our society today. And the way that process works, you start with insulin resistance and then it develops into pre-diabetes and then you develop type 2 diabetes. And the majority of the population in America by age 65 is prediabetic at this point. It is astonishing. So, yes, your lifestyle matters, uh, your exercise and nutrition matter. But once you have developed insulin resistance, you need treatment combined with that. What insulin resistance is? So you have glucose and your insulin is carrying your glucose to your cells to be stored as energy or used as energy. And when you have insulin resistance, your cells are resistant to the insulin. So your glucose stays high and your insulin stays high. You're pumping out more insulin, trying to get the glucose to the cells. And this creates a problem and it creates a huge struggle with weight management. So in her case, we put her on treatment and she also with PCOS, with insulin resistance also has hypothyroidism so we put her on treatment and included thyroid medication as part of her protocol and not only is she feeling better but she is starting to lose weight and the initial phase of that weight loss is inflammatory weight she's highly inflamed and then over time she'll start to lose body fat which is a slower process so some people when they're highly inflamed When they get on treatment, they will lose a lot of inflammatory weight up front, which is water weight. And then that will stall. And they'll typically think, what the heck's going on? I stopped losing weight. No, it's just now you're in the fat loss phase because you have reduced that inflammation. And that's a much slower process. With fat loss, you typically are looking at Anywhere from a half a pound up to two pounds a week in fat loss. And that is pretty aggressive if you're losing two pounds a week and it's not linear. So you're not typically going to step on the scale week after week and see a linear decrease in scale weight or even with your body fat percentage. Uh, You're going to see these stalls and plateaus. You're going to see variances over time and you just have to stay consistent. So I have many patients that have struggled. And once we get them on the right treatment, they finally start having success Vicky, she is one of my patients. She's amazing. We actually had her on a podcast several uh, weeks back. She's lost 35 pounds. All we did was put her on the right thyroid medication dosing. She was on too low of a dose. We changed that up and then we put her on a treatment protocol because she's also in menopause. And she's lost 35 pounds and she also changed up her exercise. We added in some resistance training and we started working on some lifestyle changes with her nutrition and she's doing fabulous. So you can have success and it requires the proper protocol for you. So when it comes to treatment, the most, the, the trending, Treatment right now for obesity. I'm trying to think of how I wanted to word that. The trending treatment is your GLP1 receptor agonist medications. If you're on social media, these are a hot topic right now. Uh, These are Manjaro, which is Terzepatide, and there is a new Terzepatide coming out on the market, brand name. And then we have Liraglutide. These are Saxenda, Victoza, and there are other brand names as well. And then we have Semaglutide. Some people call it Semaglutide. And this is Wrigovi and Ozempic. And these are GLP-1 receptor agonist medications. They work very well to help people reduce their calorie intake. So they slow gastric emptying. So you're fuller longer. They tell your brain that you're not hungry. So for people struggling with food addiction and binging, they work very, very well because they stop the food chatter. People just stop thinking about food all the time. And I didn't know that that's something that people struggle with, where they just constantly think about food. And they also manage glucagon and insulin. So there's a lot with managing food intake, calorie intake, but also they help with many metabolic processes in the body and help reduce inflammation. They can help with liver function, with kidney function. Now, the problem with GLP meds, which is the same problem that we have when people have misconceptions about obesity is many people are using it for general weight loss and this is a problem because you need to meet certain requirements to take a glp1 receptor agonist medications because there are risk, there are side effects and there's things that people have to be mindful of so you want to make sure that you get proper lab work i'm seeing many people be put on glp meds when they have not been evaluated no lab work has been ordered at all and because glp meds are a big money-making business There are med spas and plastic surgeon offices and many different places distributing GLP meds without proper evaluation of patients and without monitoring patients. And this puts people at risk. They are great meds for the right patients, but they can be very dangerous and can lead to results that you really are not happy with. If you don't need the medication, we're going to go to our next commercial break. And my name is Dr. Jamie Gillen on the Heal Your Body show on the Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back to wrap it up here in just a minute.
0: Healing your body goes beyond simply taking medication to alleviate symptoms. While medications have their place in healthcare and can be essential in managing certain conditions, healing involves total body care. While not all health conditions can be healed, symptoms can be managed with the right approach. Integrative medicine considers not only the physical body, but also your mind and soul. Instead of just surviving, why not feel amazing and actually thrive? Dr. Jamie Gillum empowers you with tools to do just that. Tune into the Heal Your Body Show Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Heal Your Body Show with Dr. Jamie Gillum. To participate in this program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to jamie at jgwellnessclinic.com. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back to the Heal Your Body show on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm Dr. Jamie Gillum, and we're talking about obesity fact versus fiction today. And in the last segment, I was talking about GLP meds. And I have many patients on GLP-1 receptor agonist medications, and they do very well. And there is a lot of criticism. And I've been in many chats and talked to many of my colleagues in the fitness industry about this topic. And I think it's just misunderstood because people assume it's a quick fix. People assume that people are taking the easy way out. And some people are uh, some people wanting to lose, you know, just 20 pounds and they they really just need to adjust a few things with their lifestyle, take the medication. And that's not what they are designed for. But I also think we have to be very careful when we're judging people about their personal uh, life choices and you're not living their life. So I think it depends on their personal case. And if they're communicating with their provider and they're being monitored, um, it's a to them to decide what's best for their body but they do need to be informed of the risk and the side effects many people simply need an assist and if they can get an assist where they're not constantly thinking about food and they're able to get control of their portions and they're binging they can manage and while they're on a glp med they're able to make some habit changes that they can stick with over time. And some people use GLP meds short term and some people use them long term. It depends on the individual case. But these are also medications that are changing things metabolically. And so it's not just about portion control. It's much more complex than that. We also have Welbutrin and low-dose naltrexone. There are many different other medications that are used for obesity. Uh, GLP meds are right now what what is the go-to for obesity. And also, we have uh, surgeries as well. We have gastric sleeve, gastric bypass, There are many different types of uh, obesity surgeries that are available, but the the biggest thing to know is number one, get a proper evaluation. Make sure you understand what's going on within your body. Understand if you have any genetic factors, if you have an endocrine problem, autoimmune disease, inflammatory problem. If you're in menopause, that's going to be an issue. Most women struggle in menopause because menopause is hormone deficiency. And as you have a decline in estradiol, progesterone, testosterone, you are going to see a change in your body composition and your basal metabolic rate is going to decrease. This is the minimum amount of calories your body needs to function and your resting metabolic rate will decrease. That's the amount of calories your body burns at rest. And so there are many things that we can do through menopause to help you. So number one, get a proper evaluation. Number two, make sure that if you're on medications, you understand if the side effect of your medication is weight gain, which is true for many medications like cortisone and any uh, birth control. If you're on hormonal birth control and there are many other medications that cause water retention and also cause you to have an increase in your appetite and then make sure that your lifestyle is evaluated. Understand what your basal metabolic rate is. Uh, That's a simple calculation. It's not always accurate, especially if you have underlying conditions, but it's a good place to start. You can go online, you can calculate your BMR with a BMR calculator and type in your age, weight, height, and it will spit out a calculation. And that's your basal metabolic rate. And then based on your activity level, that's adjusted. So that's one thing you can do to start to understand what your calorie intake should be. And then make sure you're moving your body. That looks different for everybody based on injuries and many different factors. But move your body. We are moving less and less as a society. So, make sure that you are getting movement during the day. I have to be very intentional with my movement because I sit at a desk all day now. And so, I make sure I get my steps in each day. I make sure that I'm strength training and that I'm getting adequate movement, not only to manage my body weight, but movement is essential for your cognitive function, for your mood. And then make sure that you are managing your stress and that you are getting adequate sleep. If you're a new mom, uh, if you have a lot going on, you're taking care of uh, sick family members. You know, many people are taking care of their parents as they age or you've got a lot going on where you just can't get a lot of sleep, do the best you can Um, take naps during the day when you can cat naps here and there. Um, I know life can be hard and it can be difficult to manage, but do the best you can. And then if you do need treatment, make sure that you are getting proper treatment. Make sure that if you need thyroid treatment, that you're getting the proper treatment. If you have an autoimmune disease that you're treating the autoimmune disease, If you have genetic factors, uh, make sure that you are getting the proper care. Listen, life is hard and it's often messy. And I think a lot of people just lack compassion and understanding that we're all just trying to survive here, Uh, but we want to have the best life possible while while we are here. And so we need to love each other, appreciate each other and have compassion for each other. And when it comes to obesity, you deserve somebody who's going to listen to you and you deserve the best treatment because at the end of the day, it's complex and it's not as simple as eat less, move more. So if you need help, you can reach out to me, jgwellnessclinic.com. You can find me on TikTok at jgwellnessclinic, also on Instagram. And you're welcome to book a consult if you need help. Uh, Consults are $25. If you have lab work, I review any current lab work. And we just figure out what's going on and what's going to be the best source of treatment for your individual body. And next week, we are going to be talking about... New year, new you. We're going to be talking about body positivity. We're going to be talking about body image and talking about how you can set yourself up for success in 2024 and you can feel good, and you can have the life that you want. I think that many people start off the New Year's setting all kinds of crazy New Year's resolutions. Just make sure if you have a resolution, it's something that you can stick to that's sustainable, and make sure you set reasonable goals for yourself. It doesn't have to be an overnight success. Uh, Any type of change, it is a journey, and it takes small steps that lead to big results. So, happy holidays to everyone and happy new year. And we will see you next week on the Heal Your Body Show on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm Dr. Jamie Gillum, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Heal Your Body Show. Dr. Jamie Gillum returns Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Until then, give your body the time and attention it deserves to unlock the power you have to heal your body.